have found us. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom. Discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. You heard it here. We are on the air and we're back. I can't believe that we're back for another week, but you know, somehow our schedules worked out in that way. So we're here, right? Yes. Just barely though. Just barely. Yeah, I know. It's been a busy <laughs> week. Uh, we got a lot of things going on. So, um, you know, in a blind listener's taste test, five out of 30,000 chose more podcast hands down over Coke and Pepsi. Did really? You know yeah. And it's true. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a neat thing to, to Where know. Where was that- this conducted at? <laughs> It was, it was undisclosed. It was, okay. We don't know. Um, but we have uh, some people in the studio today that are, uh, we have a special guest that you probably have never expected to be on our podcast. And the, and the key word is special. Special, yeah. Yes. Because uh, normally normally we don't ever get like real guests here. Right. We? You know, so. Are you going to go through like a whole list of his bio and all I've got, the places? i got some good stuff on okay. here. Okay. But let me just uh, do the introductions that okay. we normally okay. do. Um, in studio, we have an author, an avid wildlife enthusiast, and part-time conspiracy theorist. On the week weekends, Pastor Gary. Hey, there we go. There, see, it's, you know, all of that was true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't want to, you know, mm-hmm. tell him exactly what was true. Uh, we also have a special guest in studio, a Fox News contributor, and the only one around the table that actually knows where the government is hiding all the aliens. Steve Bucci, how you hey. doing, sir? I'm doing well. It's great to be here, and uh, I have actually been to the area. There we supposedly go. called Area 54, but I, mm-hmm. I can't really say too much else. About I, kn- it. I knew you. Okay. I knew he was there. Okay. <laughs> I won't ask anymore because I don't want to be. And a part of your background, the word special, you were in Special Forces and a commander there. I was. I was the commander of 3rd Battalion, 5th Special Forces Group. Uh, that's uh, the Army Green oh, wow. Berets, not the Navy SEALs, not the Rangers. Yeah. Those are our cousins, but they're not Special Forces. They're different. And yeah. we love them, but they, some of them have gills and the others <laughs> uh-huh. like to play in the mud. But, but yeah. they, they do jobs we don't want to do, so we're good with that. We all know somebody that likes to do that, you know, play in the mud for too yep. long. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, thanks for being in the studio. appreciate it. Yeah, it's we're super to excited you, yeah. to have you here. It's my pleasure. Well, taking up the third mic today, the only person around this table that lives an extremely boring life compared to these other two guys that are on the table. Uh, it's me, Pastor Alex. I'm glad to be here. And we want to welcome you today on this podcast. Uh, I think that we're getting into springtime. Yes. And I think springtime leads then to Al- summer life. Although this morning, yeah, <clears throat> at 35 degrees at my house, yeah. it was not feeling like spring. It didn't feel like spring to you, huh? No, well, because we <laughs> had turned off our wood boiler oh, yeah. like weeks ago. And this morning I'm like, honey, did you leave the windows open? She's like, no, we just don't have any heat. Yeah. So I had on two uh, long sleeve uh, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and, uh, and my running pants this morning to do my Bible study. And Try I had to, to put on an extra pair of socks just to keep my feet warm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we got one of those uh, Eden Pure okay. uh, heaters that you use uh-huh. from from my mom when she wrapped up her apartment. Uh, apparently, they're uh, made by the Amish, I guess. I okay. Don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> does it have a wood mantle? I know. That's, a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do they have technology in an Amish community like that? I mm-hmm. mean, really. But apparently, it is. It's Amish made. That's what it said on the back stickers. Oh, okay. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, maybe there's a hamster in there that, you know, soaks a fire all the time when you're, you know, using it, but yep. somehow. Uh, but it's a good week. Uh, 
Mr. Bucci, Steve, what should I call you? Colonel? Steve is good. Steve is good. Okay. Uh, what uh, What's going on in your week that would uh, be interesting for us to uh, to hear as we get started? <laughs> uh, just a lot of, lot of busyness as yeah. the school year gets wrapped up. We have an exchange student from South Korea living yeah. with us, and he's going to graduate and go off, off home for the summer and then come back to Liberty University. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah, and, uh, and he got baptized this Sunday, which was even more exciting. Yeah. Uh, so it's there's been a lot of things going on, and we're having a special event here at the church on Thursday that I'm part of. So there's a lot of busyness with that as well. Yes, so it's there been a is. Busy week. Yeah, and uh, when Es got baptized, uh, he brought himself quite a few followers to uh, see him get baptized that Sunday. I think the first two rows in that section were taken up by his friends. Yeah, Which we, is cool. we joked around that uh, normally we do baptisms after the first song, but this weekend with the Mother's Day, we decided to move it to the end of the service. We held all those people captive for the entire service. Yeah, right. You, <laughs> oh, you, you can't leave yet. You can't leave yet. <laughs> yeah, they're probably waiting for it to happen at some point. Like, okay, the second song. Here we go. No, yeah. not yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, baptisms have been really exciting. I think last Sunday we did probably about 1,500 people um, baptized or something like that. It was pretty high it's, yeah. in the second service. I mean, it was... Yeah, we had... We had a line going out the door, basically. Yeah, it was baptized. pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah, it was good. Well, as I said, uh, you know, springtime is approaching, and then we're getting ready to move in the summer. So it occurred to me that oftentimes we get stuck in a rut as we approach the summer months, and we seclude ourselves to the usual beach activities and the same old barbecues that we've done every year. But little did our listeners know, as I was doing my research for this week, there are places in our state that could change your life if you gave them a chance. Really? To break up the monotony of a usual summer of going, you know, barbecuing hamburgers and hot dogs uh-huh. and just hanging out at the beach, which is fun, but it gets boring after a while. So I come up with a, a few places that you might want to put on your destination roster for this year. Okay. So I'm ready. Uh, you, you've got your pen and paper out ready yep, to write these I'm ready down. To okay. Go. So the first place I think that we uh, should talk about, and I think we should have people go and check out, is pretty interesting. It's the Dinosaur Gardens Prehistoric Zoo. And Asaniki, I think that's how I'm saying, in Michigan. I have no idea. I've never even heard of that. Oh, this place is amazing. Uh, they may appear to be an old and dilapidated uh, venue, even not, uh, not even close to what dinosaurs could look like. They put them out there anyways. They're made out of <laughs> cement and plaster. Okay. Some of the heads are f- falling off, but it's, it's a good place. However, you don't want to miss the opportunity to take your kids to this amazing place of third grader art. It's just, it's wow. stupendous. Yeah. And people... <laughs> Apparently, they have ready for this. A hundred people visit this place every year. A hundred, a hundred. Wow, that's what they've yeah, hundred people. And you can walk through this this the woods that this okay. guy owns his property, and he's made these uh, dinosaurs out okay. of plaster and whatever else he can find. Wow, and it's just like being now. If we were to point to time. if we're going to point to the map of Michigan, which right. is the back of your left hand. Okay, so um, where is this? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't Google. look that up? No, it's okay. in, it's in Asaniki. I'm assuming that's downstate somewhere. Okay. It has to be because I've never heard of a place like that up here. Right. But it's, it's you know, I mean, anywhere that I'm going to share with you is only a couple hours away from our location. Okay, okay. So Sounds you can good. get away and, for and, a while. You know, Mr. Bucci uh, there, you I, can I, take your grandkids and yeah, right. do some I, exploration. I I, I wouldn't put the guy down if the dinosaurs are, you know, what he looks thinks they look like, because that's about as scientific. There as you go. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> they, get, they get two two bones from, yep. from the ground, and they say, oh, well, it looks just like this. Exactly. And all the rest of the bones are just guesses. <laughs> right. So, yeah, right. And yeah. the skin and the feathers or whatever it is, yeah, they just, 
It's, and, and it's so funny. If you listen closely, they're like, yeah, probably this and probably that, mm-hmm. you know, but they're going to sell it off like it's fact. Yeah. Well, what was it uh, during the Jurassic Park movie series? They were saying that uh, dinosaurs actually came from birds, mm. which I always thought that was an interesting well, stretch. I, I think the other way around. Was I it think the birds around? came after the dinosaurs. The birds came. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the dinosaurs, then the birds. Correct. I got to watch the series again. Yeah. Anyways, the birds are in there somewhere. I'm glad you did so well in biology. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I just showed that video in Spiritual Warfare because uh-huh. we're talking about the Raptosauruses okay. being kind of like spiritual warfare. Hmm. There's a scene in there. Okay. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, I do not advocate for any of this. I said, okay. I just want you to focus on one section of the video, you know. And everybody's like, we all saw it. I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, that's like when I did a spiritual warfare class here at Harbor Lake Christian School, we watched most of the movie Gladiator. Oh, yeah. It's a very... A great, great yep. picture. Of that the is a good movie. Especially that techniques. whole that whole door concept, you know, mm-hmm. when they're in the arena and they lock in and then the, you know, chariot goes over to the top of them. Yeah. It was great. Russell, was it Russell Crowe in there? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. probably one of his last good movies. Yeah. He hasn't done anything really well. Now, you were you were here when we had a teacher named Mr. Knapp. Yes. Great teacher. Yes. Wonderful. And whenever you'd play a movie, you know, if it would have like a, a word in there that shouldn't be in there. Yeah. You know, he would be, he would warn everyone it's coming and then he would get up and try to, uh, you know, fast forward <laughs> it, but he would miss and then he would hit it and then he would go back and try to get it right this time. Yeah. And he'd miss it again. And so the kids had heard that word like three times. <laughs> They're like, Mr. Ned, just get it go. Just let it play. <laughs> the story I held heard was that he, he would turn on the movie and fall asleep a lot of the time. Yeah, oh, that yeah. may have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember uh, he taught our Michigan history class when I was here. And uh, a lot of times he would say, okay, I want you to read this chapter. And as we're reading this chapter, all of a sudden we hear, <laughs> we're like, is he, is he awake back there? You know, he would, uh, he would doze off. A Wonderful bit. man. Wonderful man. Oh, man. He was a good teacher. Yeah. I learned a lot about Michigan history. Okay. So the second thing that I think we should all put on our list to go see is this. Sh- <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so funny. The Shrine of the Snowshoe Priest. The Snowshoe what? The Snowshoe Priest. Mm, haven't heard of that yeah, one. This is a good one. In the UP, of course, in the town of Lands, uh, is the is where you'll find this shrine in honor of the 19th century Gen- Jesuit missionary bishop Frederick Baraga. Uh, he appears aptly uh, prepared for a Michigan winter with a snowshoe in his hand. Okay, and, and a cross. Yeah, snowshoe and a cross. Okay, uh, it's it's worth some pictures. All right, get the kids standing around, <laughs> around the Jesuit priest and have to see the snow and the snowshoes are humongous i saw a picture of it okay they're about the same size as he is oh those are called alaskans those are alaskans yep well he had them and uh so that's a destination that you should put on your list of things to break down break the monotony of a summer right typical summer uh this one is this is exceptional Mm -hmm. this next one is exceptional uh edison's last breath at the henry ford museum in dearborn is worth to see the last breath the last breath you heard me right the last breath that is and breathe they captured it um i don't know if you've ever wondered how cool it would be to see the last dying breath of one of the most iconic inventors who was also a michigander uh-huh. in an impressive clear tube featuring an led led light to help you see the invisible vapors your family will be speechless with wonder wow i mean can you imagine you walk halitosis right there i know you i saw the picture there's people standing around and going oh wow this is you know <laughs> It is an empty tube. It could be anything in there. But they swear it's his last yeah. breath. Wow. 
I, I don't know okay. how that's even possible. I, I, you know, when I went to Israel, I tried to bottle up some of the Jordan River, mm-hmm. put it in a tube, mm-hmm. and I did everything they said, you know, wax it and do all this stuff, brought it back, and in about two weeks it was empty. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how you're going to keep a breath in yeah. a tube. <laughs> I don't know. I, good luck. But it's in the museum, Henry Ford Museum. That's a well-known museum. Yeah. And they have an empty tube out there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like the emperor's clothes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it would be a fun fun thing to go take a picture with. Okay, the last one. The last okay. one is uh, Spirit of the Woods Museum in Williamsburg. Have you heard of that place? Mm, no. Oh, you, you definitely would want to check this out. Uh, have you told your family lately that you would like to see the creatures that roam the Michigan woods? Maybe you don't always see them because people talk about them, but they have never seen them before. Well, guess what? A, t- a taxidermist wants to provide that experience for you. It's like a zoo, he says, in many ways, except all the animals are dead. <laughs> okay. That's the sales. And there's no signs that say, do not feed the animals. Do not feed the right. animals. And the best part is he's got them all in their like, little habitats and really? hanging out. Oh, yeah, you can see. <laughs> is, Yeti, is the Yeti in there? The Yeti is not in there, but. If that were, if that were there, I know Cliff Haas would be. <laughs> Probably yeah. have a, a season pass. <laughs> Want to go check it out? Yeah, over and over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you take your family there. And uh, the shelves that I saw that were set up, they're a little dusty. Okay. I mean, you, you don't really have to worry about them since uh-huh. they're dead. I mean, it's not like you have to worry about Now, them. where is that located on our map? <laughs> Probably downstate. Okay. okay you <laughs> Williamsburg. I don't know. Okay. It's in Michigan. All where's, where's that place right down north of uh, Traverse City? What's that called? Isn't that... That's that a taxidermist be, place, too, yeah. But well, I don't think it's I, the same place. Right, it? but, I mean, Williamsburg might be right there. Oh, really? I should look it up while we're talking. So it's an hour and a half. That's it only an hour and a half away. Yeah. Again, I said all these are around two hours away from where we're at. Uh-huh. I think this could be a school trip. Okay. To get kids ready for ready for the summer season to go. You don't want to see it. Nobody wants to go see a live zoo anymore. Rather go see a, a bunch of dead animals. Yeah. That are posed to look like they're doing something they would do in life. I think that's worth it. Did you find it? I'm working it. I'm working it. It's, uh, I'm trying, I got to zoom out because I was, it's just, just south of Traverse City. Oh, so it is one yeah. that we have done. Okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Wow. There you go. That's worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go there and then hit Olive Garden after you're done talking about all the wonderful experiences you had looking at yeah. dead animals. I mean, that's, that's yeah. perfect. Right? It would actually be a little bit east of Traverse City, I guess, to be honest, but. It's not that far, though. No. I, I think this is something you should put on your schedule. Don't worry about going to the beaches. Right. Don't worry about barbecues. Go see these sites, and you'll make mm-hmm. memories with your children this year. Okay. We're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, no, you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet, so how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. Looking for a go-to eatery that has awesome food? Well, Paper Station in downtown Harbor Springs is sure to have your next favorite. From their signature station burger to the golden crispiness of a hand-dipped onion ring, Enjoy the flavors that make this a must-stop today. Paper Station.
Get rapture ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. Yes, we do. We have a rapture ready news for you today. We actually have a couple stories that uh, hit the news, which were interesting. Um, well, let's let's think about. It. We have uh, Iran again in the news, which I don't know if you've paid attention to, but it's there again. This time it's it's different than what we talked about last week. Last week, you know, Iran was working with other nations to take down Israel. Yeah. Now, a news report from Channel Twelve News says that. Uh, Iran promised the Islamic Jihad $5 million for every day of conflict with Israel. Huh. So I'm pretty sure that's $5 million that the U.S. has provided, but they're going to give them $5 or $5 million to, uh, to attack them. Uh, according to Channel 12 News reports that Iran promised Palestinian Islamic Jihad $5 million every day for the conflict in Israel. The network does not provide a source for the claim. Uh, they want to keep that secret, but Iran is a major backer of Gaza-based terror groups, mm-hmm. which shot some 15,000 rockets at Israel over a four-day period last week before a ceasefire came into effect last night. Did, did you hear that? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you don't have to worry too much about sourcing on this kind of stuff, because Iran yeah. usually announces that. <laughs> yeah, right. They, yeah, they yeah. don't hide it. They are, are over-the-top public with the fact that they want to destroy Israel and they want to back anybody who's willing to help them in that process. Yeah. Uh, it's just horrendous, you know, plus they're fighting their own population because of the, the uprising that's still going yeah. on there. Yeah. And at the same time, guess who just got the chairmanship of the UN human rights committee? Who is that? Iran. Oh, really? Yeah. The, 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 human the, rights. The, 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 the they shouldn't even be on the committee, but in charge of it? I mean, yeah. come on. Seriously. They have a horrendous human rights record, and they make them the chairman of the committee. It shows you the, the UN's, you know, seriousness is we shouldn't be going, oh, the UN thinks this, because the UN is just loony half of the time. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. If yeah. not more. Mm-hmm. So do you think that uh, that this is really going to have an impact in Israel, other than the typical that they've been dealing with? I don't think it'll it'll change too much. They've been supporting uh, Islamic Jihad and Hamas and Hezbollah. That they are fully paid subsidiaries of and proxies of the Iranian government and have been for decades. Yeah. So anybody who says you know well they're just independent groups fighting for their freedom that's yeah. not true. They are paid proxies of the Iranian regime. Good grief. But yeah. I was just, yeah, that, I just looked uh, this yeah, up ahead. just for, for a little fun here. So um, for the past eight years, uh, the UN has uh, had 140 resolutions criticizing Israel. 140. And when I looked it up at one time, it was in the high 80% of all UN resolutions are anti-Israel. Really? It's just crazy. It, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. I can't say too much. Does, uh, does Israel have a seat in the UN? I believe they, they, they do. do. They're, they're still a member state, okay, and and they have a seat there, but they get beat up constantly yeah. about mm-hmm. everything they do. If if Islamic Jihad or Hamas or Hezbollah shoots at Israel, doesn't matter how much they shoot. If Israel does anything in response other than bleed, right? Yeah, then they get vilified in the UN. Nothing said about the original attack, right? But it's yeah. yep. you know they they the the. Uh, uh, General Assembly, all these different committees, then they start attacking Israel. 
It's ridiculous. Look, they're listen, the only a, country in the world yeah. who's not allowed to protect themselves when they're attacked. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So just put it in, putting it in perspective, 140 resolutions anti-Israel in the same time, only 68 resolutions against all the rest of the world. All the other nations. Yeah. That's so nuts. three times to one. Right. Against all the other nations added together, 68. And, Israel, all, they're, and all they're trying to do is protect themselves right. from the 1,500 rockets that were lobbed at them the, the whole 15,000, you said. In, oh, no. Did I say 1,500? 15, okay. 1,500 rockets. Wow. 1,500 rockets that were lobbed within a four-day mm-hmm. period before a ceasefire came to in effect. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's still a lot more than I would want lobbed over in Michigan. Yeah. You know. So living rapture ready. Yeah. The Bible clearly indicates that the the tribulation period is God dealing with Israel, yeah. getting them to wake up and come back. And so as we see more and more news um, continuing to go against Israel, and now with you know Iran as the the main seat there, chairman seat, mm-hmm. it just shows you that we've got to be ready for the return of Jesus. And the interesting thing is more and more uh, Israelis are coming back to the nation regardless of how many rockets yeah. are flying yeah. overhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are talking about that they've had a, a backlog of trying to process people coming back into the country, uh, declaring it as their uh, citizenship that's there. Uh, so that's one thing in the Rapture Ready News. The other thing is U.S. Special Forces conduct first simulation of Chinese attack on Taiwan. Uh, military.com reported the annual USA SOC cap- uh, compatibilities exercise, which is called uh, CAPEX or CAPEX, a comprehensive simulation of a potential real world special operations force mission. Uh, this year, it was a simulation of American forces being inserted into Taiwan's capital city of Taipei by helicopter to hold off a Chinese invasion force conducted with concrete mock ups at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So they're they're looking at the possibility that China is going to start doing something very interesting here soon. So right, right, yeah, yeah, and they they absolutely should. You know, this Taiwan is constantly under threat. China yeah. again, not unlike Iran towards Israel, China is very open about the fact that they think they own Taiwan and they want it back, yeah. and they're willing to to use force to get it. And the United States short of going to war at this point, needs to do everything they can to signal back to China that we're going to be there to support the Taiwanese. And uh, using special operations forces is a wonderful, low-key, but very effective force multiplier to work with the Taiwanese and to to help them prepare for this attack that is, it's probably not an if, but a when kind of situation. I think for me, when I'm I'm looking at this, it's kind of scary in the, the fact that, you know, China is becoming more and more aggressive uh, and advancing, you know, their forces uh, across the globe, trying to find ways to uh, infiltrate, you know, like Africa. They're buying up Ethiopia by by the block. And uh, it just seems like they're becoming more and more aggressive than they've ever had before. Uh, so speaking about end times, it just ties right into uh, that aggression that's going to eventually move into what we find in Revelation. So... Uh, this is something to be careful of. Be watching uh, what is happening here because it is something that uh, uh, will be uh, signs of the time when we have China doing uh, more than they've ever done before. Uh, and be careful. Uh, be careful as you uh, think about uh, what's happening around you. Be re-ready. 
uh, for when Jesus might return. So let your neighbors know. Tell them about Jesus because as you look at the news, uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that long with all this stuff happening. Uh, once you agree, Pastor Gary. I, get, I do. Um, we should probably add this little tagline, keep your eye on the eastern sky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's, Yeah. They're in the east and uh, things. Well, are, yeah. you know, Jesus coming back yeah. from the east. Okay. I got, oh, yeah, I got yeah. you. That was yeah, a biblical just, reference. Yeah, I didn't want to go too deep with you on the Bible. I but. need to, yeah, I know. I, I need to go back to school. <laughs> I need some coffee. That's what I need. <laughs> We're going to take an, another ID break and we'll be right back. Well, here's how to have more. Know God more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. You're listening to more podcast. Or contractor to tackle your next housing project. Hire someone who knows what it takes to make it exactly how you dreamed it should be. With over 25 years of success, Sean Meyer Construction brings the know-how to tackle new or exciting projects. Well, we are getting into our question for this week. Uh, we had a very difficult question last week. But we I had, thought it was like a tee up. Well, well, I'm trying to, you know. Oh, okay. Make, yeah, make people feel make, better. Yeah, feel better okay. about it. Uh, Mary Wood answered it. Linda Murray answered it. And Ben Butnick, he's he's really trying he's, for that he speaker, is going man. To, he's going to be successful. He's so. going to be successful and get that speaker, uh, which is the awesome uh, bamboo speaker that we have with yep. our ugly mugs on there. To smile at you every time you listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a great gift. Great gift. Uh, but the question last week, uh, this is super theological, so you're going to have to explain it to us a little bit there, Pastor Gary. Okay. It was, uh, what was the first temptation, oh, right? Yep, that's right. That Jesus experienced. Uh-huh. And we actually even asked for the location. Yep. But we did let you know it was in Matthew chapter 4. Right. But what was the, Yeah, so yeah. Matthew chapter 4. Um. We have, uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. Here we go. We're going to start in verse three then. Now nah, we start at the beginning. And then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell, tell these stones to become bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So there's your first temptation. There's your first temptation. Yep, is to turn yep. the rocks into bread. And uh, so was, that's Matthew it was chapter four. Super deep, yeah. Super. I mean, you, if you're reading that, you're thinking to yourself, "What is the answer? What is the answer?" But we just give it to you. And apparently, we have three theologians that figured this one out. Yeah, uh, based off the information that was mm -hmm. given to them. I, I I appreciate that. Did we have the person that we were hoping would get it right? Did she get it right? She did. She did. Yeah. Okay, so we got to get her some swag. So she's yep. in yep. in the running uh -huh. for the Bluetooth speaker. I'm glad. Yes, that we have. She I, had her own personal guide <laughs> to help her get the answer. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Dan Hartman bought like sixty, uh, you know, book uh, Bibles that have uh, cartoons yeah. in it. Yeah, and it, I, know I went that to that class. In, that story's in there. Yeah, I and went to that so class. It's great. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, really loved it. I think it was a. It's an ingenious way of looking mm -hmm. at scripture. Mm -hmm. 
uh, people's stories that everybody should know. So I'm going to, can I expound on it a little yeah, bit? Definitely. So uh, Dan's teaching this class, the Bible stories everyone should know. And he bought children's Bibles for everyone. Nice, big, giant, thick ones from 1965. And uh, so everyone has a copy and uh, we went through about 40 pages in it and super biblically accurate. Yeah. Wonderful. The pictures were, you know, with a draw you write in. And of course he's working with a, a group of people who come into uh, treatment and recovery with possibly no church, no Bible background yeah. at all. Yeah. And it's a perfect way to draw them into the story. Yeah. And I was really proud of him. He did a great job on his presentation. Uh, his wife, Tammy was there and she uh, even chimed in and kind of, uh, Guided him down the path on one particular point. It was really good. He was super, yeah. super humble and saying, you know what? I didn't see it that way. So thank you, wife. And uh, that, so that's why it was we a have great thing. Means. It was that's I really enjoyed the yeah. class. Uh, yeah. When he was first uh, proposing the idea, I thought it was it was a great idea because I think that people, uh, you know, get caught up in translations and how things should be set, read and whatever. This is just straightforward. Just gets to the point, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Adam and Eve are in the garden, you know, and there's a picture of Adam and Eve. No questions about it. We're not, you know. I don't know if I talked about this, but no. um, our school administrator had to reject some Christian uh, curriculum because Adam and Eve popped out of the mud during. In, oh, in that, yeah. I was super proud of Kelly That's, for not going to that what, plan. What translation is that in? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's called <laughs> evolution and Christianity mixed together. Oh, my uh, goodness. And, and actually, that, you know, using the pictures like that is, is a traditional way the church is always taught. Yeah. Because back originally, when Christianity was spreading across Europe and the Middle East, most of the people couldn't read. Right, right yeah. So they that's why in, in a lot of churches in, in Eastern Europe and the Middle East, you'll see the walls are just covered with beautiful pictures of all the Bible stories. Yep. And that was how the, the leaders would teach their congregations right from the walls of their church. Yeah. Uh, because it was, they were the, the illustrations to go with the story. So using comic books are not just for kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and the artistry in a lot of them is fantastic now and helps you understand some of the, the glory that God has. And I like the fact that when they show Jesus in those comic books, yeah. he's not some little wimpy, you know, feminine looking <laughs> yeah, right. guy. He was a carpenter for right. 33 years, you know, mm -hmm. once mm -hmm. he got out of being a little kid. So at least, at least probably about 25 years, he worked in a carpenter's shop in a time when there were no power tools. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. My dad was a carpenter. He had big, giant, calloused hands. Yeah. And, you know, was a big guy, not from lifting weights, but from working. Yeah. That's what Jesus would have looked like. Now, his face, I don't know. The Bible says he wasn't wasn't beautiful. But, you know, if he put his hand on your forehead to pray for you, you got it was scratchy from the calluses. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. So he, that's, uh, and the comic books usually show him that way. They don't yeah. show him, you know, in the kind of other earthly kind of look and you guys um, probably you guys uh, obviously know that a carpenter didn't just work with wood during right, that particular yeah. time it could be a stone mason as well whatever it, it took to build and construct things uh for you know daily living yeah so he could work with metal he could work with uh stone he could work with wood whatever um you know medium he needed to be able to get the job done that puts into perspective the whole like chasing people out of the temple mm-hmm I, you know, he probably, did, he just probably show them the whip, but actually what he did is he just stood up and they're like, Oh man, here we yeah. go. Yeah. It, it would not have been like, Oh, what's, what's she want? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, this, <laughs> yeah. this was a, a guy who worked for a living and, yeah. 
And Hulk Hogan we'll walking stone in. Mason yeah. plus, stone masons have bigger hands than carpenters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to mess with them in the temple. If Jesus That's right. got if Jesus was angry, you're you're going out the back door. Um, anyways, uh, let's get to our next part of this question, which that one was difficult. What do you come up? What have you come up with this? Well, I am going to go a little deeper this time. Oh, so, no. Uh, so we we're going to get away from the three temptations of Jesus. We're going to move to second Corinthians chapter 10. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you the basic area to go searching for it. Um, it says that we are not to use uh, human weapons. So we don't wage war as humans do. We do it with, uh, God's mighty weapons. Okay. Yes. And then it goes on to say um, that these weapons produce something or they do something. What is it that God's mighty weapons do? What do they do? What do they do? What do God's weapons do? This is a good question. This is a big one. This is a okay, big but one. I've already given you the you know the trail to go find the answer. That's so right. Second, Second Corinthians chapter ten. Chapter ten. Yep. It is in your Bibles. It I is. Can confirm it. Yes. And the answer. I'm not is making there. this one up this time. No, this is for real. Okay. This is a for real question. Uh huh. So if you have the answer though. You can get a hold of us at Harbor Light, and Bible we'll give Trivia. it to you. There's two things that two very specific things it does. But we'll give you we'll give you credit for getting one of the two. Oh, you don't have to get both of them. If, if Linda has to get both, Li- oh Linda, yeah, or or Ben, yeah, Ben, ben and Linda, the, yeah, they need to, yeah, because both. yeah, they got to get both, and we'd like it all in the original Septuagint Greek. Yes, if you could, yes, yeah, okay. I appreciate that. Anyways, uh, you can call, you can get a hold of us at Harbor Light Bible Trivia at gmail.com. Harborlight, Bible Trivia, gmail.com, all lowercase, and send us your answer. And, uh, well, we might let you know if you've uh, got it right, or we might just tell you on air. You know, we'll just keep it a surprise and let you know if you got it right on air. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so this week, though, we had Mary uh, Woodwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woodwin, that, that's good. <laughs> She's a clarinet. Go She's ahead. She's a clarinet, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Murray and Ben Butnick, who, you know, Linda and Ben, they're they're really working hard to get this speaker. You know what's amazing? Joe Taft loves this show, but he never he never gets no. involved in this. What's the deal? I don't know. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. Well, uh, you know, we gave him a birthday shout out last week, but uh, I think he, you know, he just wants to give everybody a chance. I okay. Think I think oh, he's what just it is. so kind. He's yeah. just kind, and he wants yeah. to give everybody a chance. He's already got the speaker. Yep. So he's just trying to give oh, other okay. people a chance. I got you. Yeah, because he won that first time. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, you can get a hold of us at Harbor Light Bible Trivia at gmail.com, all lowercase, and send us uh, what you think it is. And uh, well, it'll be, we'll, we'll let you know if you want some swag. We do have a lot of swag left, and especially with this week hitting in the 50s and 60s, we have stuff that you could use. Now, Mr. Bucci didn't know this, but if you're a guest on our show, you get swag. Yes. And remember, the last guest got cheese. Right. Do we have any of those cheese? I can I can get one we're, and I make. We're sure, gonna get yeah. you some smoked cheese. We're gonna get you some cheese from Tosky Cheese. Yep. Uh, Dave Bachelor's in here, and we got him some cheese. Yep. And uh, he said it was amazing. Okay. What he got. So, uh, we're gonna take an ID break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for more? Well, then you found it right here on More Podcast. Stay tuned. It takes time and know-how to build your dream home. Why not consider waterfront property management and builders to make your next property a reality? Your dreams, your way, that's a waterfront team promise. Located in downtown Lansing, Michigan. Well, we are going to get into our Bible talk today. And uh, last week, uh, we were on week three of the new seven-week series on spiritual warfare entitled Suiting Up 
for battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of know what that's about. It's going to be about what? Ephesians chapter 6, that's taking right. on the mighty armor. And that's why we have our guest in the studio here today, uh, Mr. Bucci, with his uh, background in, uh, in the military. We wanted an I, expert. I wanted, to, I wanted to get some perspective on some yeah. of this stuff. It's good. So I'm super excited about being able to have him chime It's kind of like being on Fox News and going, we're going to go to our expert in the yep. field. Yep. And so we brought we're going to give him more than 15 seconds. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to have some time with yeah. us uh, here. But, you know, it's amazing to think about um, – how just understanding the armor of God is is so crucial to our our health and advancement in the kingdom, and it, we, when we don't use it, we don't utilize it. How vulnerable we are to the the influence of the enemy mm-hmm. and uh, his attacks upon us. Uh, Pastor Gary, you got into uh, a few things that were very interesting. Uh, we talked about uh, the unseen world, um, and uh, can you give us a little insight into that whole? idea of what the unseen world is that we've been talking about. Yeah. So um, as humans, we have been created to kind of be connected to this very, you know, level of creation with our, you know, senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a, there's a, an entire, entire spiritual world that we don't get to see necessarily yeah. unless he pulls back and gives us a little sneak peek of it. And because of that, because we're so connected to um, our senses, 60% of uh, self-proclaimed Christians don't even believe that the Satan is real. He's a real created being, and they um, just think that he's just kind of some kind of a symbol for evil. And uh, so we're trying to help people understand that there is a real spiritual world, mm-hmm. and um, just as real or actually even more real than the, the world that we're living in here, and, uh, and that we need to uh, be ready to be successful um, in our engagement with uh, the demonic forces that are coming against us constantly. Uh, one of the questions, you know, I'm doing spiritual warfare on Wednesdays, and one of the things we talked about was that um, we can uh, pray for the sensitivity to see the unseen world. Um, God gives us that ability if we're willing to to look for it and seek mm-hmm. it. Um, what are what are some ways that uh, we can begin to uh, move in that direction? I know we talk about praying for it, but what are some other things that we can start instilling in our lives to 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 uh, basically decipher between the two and understand that it's there. Well, I think it's really important to be able to have the you know Holy Spirit in your heart, obviously, um, and then because to transform your uh, your thinking. Mm-hmm. And actually, the Bible says He'll reveal mysteries to us. We'll be able to see what kinds of things are happening there. And uh, so, you know, by seeking and drawing close to God, He promises He'll draw close to us. And a part of that drawing close mm-hmm. then gives us insight. Um, we can't always see you know tangible stuff that's happening in the spiritual realm, but you can see the evidence of it, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think, you know, with Colonel Bucci being here, you know, we don't always get to see the special forces, but we can see the results of yeah. what they are doing or, or doing and not doing. Um, can you give us any insights on how, you know, we get a chance to uh, engage with the spiritual realm? Yeah, the, you know, the this fight in the spirit is real. Mm-hmm. And it's anybody who's, felt attacked, who who felt like the world was coming in around them, that's what's going on. Now, sometimes we make bad decisions, and that, that's a part of it too, but we do have an active enemy out there who wants us to fail, who wants us to stay apart from God, mm-hmm. and he will operate against us uh, in order to do that. And we have a responsibility once we come to Jesus and and have him living in us and have the power of his spirit available to us, uh, we have a way to fight back. Yes. And uh, it's, 
and and we can do it. And you don't have to be a special forces guy to uh, to do that. You don't have to be uh, you know a, a judo master or, or a you know a modern day samurai to do right. it either. But you have to understand what the weapons are that God has given us. The the th- the offensive weapons to go against the enemy, but also the defensive weapons. Mm-hmm. And and in God's word, in in Ephesians chapter six, God gave us through Paul a great bunch of examples. Mm-hmm. And people parse it and they try and pick it apart, but in reality, Paul wasn't sitting there trying to give you a historically, you know, perfect definition of the armor of the Roman soldiers. But that was what he looked at in his time period and said, yeah. I can use this to get through to people so they understand what God has available to them and what yeah. he has provided. And it's it's a brilliant teaching. Yeah, it I is. Mean, pa- Paul's he's got a, a lot of brilliant teachings in, mm-hmm. in the, his letters. This one, and, and maybe I think it's particularly brilliant because I'm a soldier and it really resonates with me. I understand it. I understand it historically as well as as uh, as a Christian, uh, but it's real mm-hmm. and it can be applied and should be applied by every believer when we go into battle. Whether it's just your morning prayers uh, for your family and yourself, whether you're a business owner and you're praying for your business, whether you're a pastor praying over your church, we have all those responsibilities, and those are all battles we yeah. have to fight, and. This particular scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 gives us a brilliant teaching to show us what is available, and then it's pretty evident once you understand what's available of how to use it. Yeah. Isn't it kind of amazing, the conversation we've already been having here today, the Chinese government is in full-on war against the United States, but they're not necessarily you know, pointing bullets and guns at us at the moment it's all that hidden and the ai kind of stuff it's all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff that you can't see which is a really uh you know an accurate vision of what we're seeing here in this part yeah i think yeah i think i just that was brilliant what you just said i mean there is so much going on uh uh steve that uh, we don't always see it and what's happening there. And as Pastor Gary said, they know there's things that happen behind the scenes, even in our own military, that it's interesting. But, um, you know, the, the thing is, I think uh, sometimes in our Christian journey, um, we get kind of complacent. We kind of get apathetic to the fact that these things are happening. And, you know, Jesus even said in, in uh, Matthew 5, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So we just kind of like say, you know, stuff happens and we're just going to live with it. But the reality is stuff doesn't just always happen. There are things that are influencing uh, our emotional state, our attitudes, the way we think, all these things that we need to consider more and more. And especially as we get further into this time, getting closer to when Christ returns, uh, it's very subtle. It's almost like, you know, the devil's working sort of like black ops behind the scenes, trying to find ways to get the family torn apart, destroy marriages and everything else. That's something that, you know, I've tried hard. Um, I want you to engage in this battle. I want you to be, um, you know, not afraid. And we've been trying hard to you know, bring those points part up across during the messages. But one of the things that happens is something small will happen here in the tangible world, but it can very quickly spin out into spiritual things. So mm-hmm. let's say you, you know, somebody at the store, you know, cuts you off in the parking lot. Then all of a sudden you get a whisper in your head, you should yell at this person or you should get out and have some road rage. Now, all of a sudden we've moved from a tangible parking spot to a spiritual full on spiritual attack. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I think the one thing that was brought to my attention, we're, we're never saying the devil's like in every detail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God has given us free will, free choice, so we do have the ability to be in our sinful nature doing things, and we, we also get the results of those sinful things. But what we're saying is that the devil knows the chinks in our armor. He knows our weaknesses, and he will find a way to influence us to move in that direction. He knows that if we can tempt us to think a certain way or move in a certain direction, there's a good chance we might. Mm-hmm. And if we're not prepared to notice what that is, uh, it does become a problem. You know, like you just said, the anger management issue. I mean, if you're angry when somebody cuts you off, that's a good time to start praying and say, God, help me work on this anger mm-hmm. that is erupting in me every time somebody does that and help me to have a little more peace in my drive time. Or, you know, turn... <laughs> Turn on some praise and worship music. Do something. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I mean, those are the things that we're talking about is these influences that are happening behind the scenes that we have to be careful of because, you know, like the devil's not going to move you like a puppeteer. He's not going to hold your hand and move you in a direction. But what he does, just like he did with Eve, he gives us uh, plausible arguments, plausible rationale, ways to think that moves us into an influence that we should not be going. It's almost like he greases the trail, he right? Greases he greases the trail. greases the trail. You take one wrong, wrong step down that path, and right. then you're off your feet and sliding in the wrong direction. Yeah, and, you know, uh, he'll never tempt you with something that he knows is not going to work. Right. So he knows in your, your life you have these certain areas, and so he's going to find ways to keep massaging and poking and making that happen and moving in that direction. But we don't have to uh, look at it that way because we have spiritual armor. We have things that can defend and fight against that. Mm-hmm. And, Pastor Gary, you got into some... Uh, detail on a few of them. I mean, you, did you get through all of them? I think uh, I, I I got through all the defensive ones. I yeah. left the offensive ones because those will be covered in the next two weeks. But uh, getting through them, um, as I mentioned, <laughs> you know, Steve said, uh, you know, Paul didn't necessarily want us to go through detailed details of those. But you know, yeah. every pastor is going to take advantage of the fact that oh, this yeah. is a sermon series waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I had twenty minutes to get it across, so I had my challenges there. But uh, yeah, it was it was really fun to be able to kind of break apart some of those. I think the one that on Sunday morning resonated the most with people was the the maintenance of the faith, right? Our shield of faith. Um, uh, most people, they kind of have a picture of what they see the shield looking like, which would yeah. be the parade shield. Uh, but the actual battle shield was much different, uh, much more functional and required daily maintenance and upkeep. Yeah. Um, you know, it's your, it's your real big uh, you know, defense against not only sword attacks, but of course, arrows flying. And that's, of course, what Paul says, listen, this puts out the fiery darts. Yeah. And uh, so I think people really kind of connected with that, with that idea. And, um, and so it was kind of fun to, to, to recognize this. Any thoughts on daily, you know, maintaining your faith? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, if you don't do that work, you know, your, your shield doesn't function properly. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you have not, uh, kept it up if you've allowed it to get warped or the you know the 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 rectangular and cylindrical shield because it wasn't just a flat door it right. looked like a door from the front but it was mm-hmm. actually curved around you mm-hmm. uh, it had metal around the edge so if someone hacked at it with a sword it would would stay uh, viable but if you let that get weak if you didn't maintain that if you let it get rusty you it wouldn't wouldn't stop the sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a lot of things that that uh, you had to do as a Roman soldier. And interestingly, the Romans were one of the first militaries that had this kind of discipline, where they had standardized weaponry. They had, uh, you know, they had officers and sergeants and soldiers, and there was a chain of command. And 
you had to do it the right way or the sergeant was going to come after you. Right. Yeah. And, and part of that was maintaining your equipment, the shield being an enormous part of it. Uh, you know, the, the idea of, well, if they had a breastplate on that, that, you know, that's the metal part, almost like modern body armor right on you. I got to tell you though, if the enemy's hitting you right on the breastplate, yeah, it might not kill you, but boy, it really hurts. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And so that shield was enormously important to go out there. And it also tied into their tactics, yeah. how they fought. And it was a team effort. The reason the Romans conquered the known world was they were one of the first militaries that really had this kind of disciplined teamwork. Yeah. Uh, the Greeks did it a little bit differently. They had the phalanx where they would also you know, overlap their shields and they had big spears, but that was actually almost a defense, uh, offensive weapon. They, it was like a tank that yeah. would push people out of the way. The Romans could go either way. They could sit there, overlap their shields, let the, the barbarians attack them, and they'd separate the shields a little bit and reach out with a spear or a sword and strike the enemy, and then they'd close it up again. And they would stay that way until they got the order to move forward. And, and you had to depend on the guy on the other side of you because you your shield only covered your left side of your body, basically, and, and a little bit past center line. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of it, you had to get the guy's shield from the other side had to cover you and you know and then in the back they didn't have armor in the back they they were depending on the rows behind them to protect them and and in the bible that one which is not listed in in ephesians chapter uh six but it says that that jesus is our rear guard Mm -hmm. that he protects us in the back so there Mm -hmm. you, you had specially assigned troops who weren't facing the enemy they were actually facing the back and maybe the flanks to protect the the actual formation of the legion as it moved forward because its focus was always straight at the main body of the enemy. Wow, that's something interesting to to know. I, I you know, um, I was watching a show on Discovery, which just it's it's weird how this show came up, but they were talking about how they make these swords and then they they try different things with them. Mm-hmm. One of the things they tried was a Roman shield. And they soaked the Roman shield in water uh, to get it ready for whatever. But they said that if you soak that shield enough that the blades uh, sometimes can't even penetrate it or they get stuck in the leather that's outside of the shield. And I was like, whoa, we just talked about that on Sunday. But I was like, that's perfect. I mean, if somebody's trying to strike you, uh, it's hard to believe that leather can do that. But, yeah, if you get it wet, it became super uh, super strong against those those attacks, and so uh, and you know you you have more knowledge on this than I do, but in my studies way back, uh, actually the leather sometimes could be weaved on the face of this uh, mm-hmm. sword, so that's where you could get stuff stuck in there when it gets yeah. wet. It uh, it can take the blow and also can just kind of seize onto it. So uh, it could also be oiled, but that would be a little bit towards the um, you know catching on fire. But it definitely right. the water was a big part of that. I, yeah, I didn't even think about, you know, because I always think of the metal shields you see in medieval times, you know, mm-hmm. uh, obviously that was something they went to. But And, yeah. you know, in all of your research and background, uh, you know, we still have records, very descriptive records of how the Roman legions and, and how they actually fought. Yeah. The, the strategy behind it that we act, we have written yeah. documentation of all of that. So you can see what their mindset was. 
Yeah, and, it's, and, it's amazing to think it's a tank that was moving forward like that, it, but yeah, it worked well. It, yeah. it, you could literally push the enemy back. Yeah. And and the Romans, interestingly, fought a lot of people. You know, the Romans, for the most part, were somewhere between about 5'6 and 5'8. Mm-hmm. They, they were not gigantic people the, that lived there in that part of Italy. Uh, and, and some of the folks they were fighting up in, in what was Germany and Britain were big guys. Mm-hmm. You know, these barbarians were enormous northern European types, really big guys, you know, two-handed axes and all this stuff. But the Romans conquered all of them because of the discipline, because of the, the fact that they did the maintenance of their faith or, or their mm-hmm. equipment. They worked together. And Christianity is the same way. Christianity is a team effort. Yeah. You don't have to do it all by yourself. You can, because God's there with you, if you get stuck in that situation. But it's not something you should choose to do. You should be in fellowship. You should be together with people in a small group, mm-hmm. definitely in church on Sunday. Uh, you've got to be in contact because where you, an area you might be weak in, mm-hmm. you find a brother or a sister who is strong. And yeah. together you overlap those shields and you, you have much better protection than if you're doing it all by yourself. Yeah, where two or three gather together, the Lord's presence is right there with you. Yeah. You know, he's your rear rear guard, as you've also kind of mentioned. So where two or three of us believers gather together, his presence is right there. He's also protect, protecting us. So pretty yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. And then what is, you mentioned something in Ecclesiastes one time about three chords. Yeah, the three, yeah. Can, yeah. I think yeah. it's chapter four, but um, verse 11. So you got, <laughs> yeah, basically, remember, you've, yeah. got, you've got, you know, a triple-stranded cord is not easily broken. It's just going going again, speaking about the protection that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you, you brought up a good point that the fact is, is that, you know, in Christian faith, it is not just you, yourself, and I that is serving the Lord. It's not a not that situation, but we're part of a community, and the community is there for one reason, which is not only to be offensive moving forward and propagating the faith, but also protecting us from uh, things that we don't see. And uh, that's a that's a great, great uh, analogy that you brought up, the great illustration that we can think of, um, that, you know, sometimes uh, we do think we're an island to, unto ourselves and that we're walking this journey alone, but we shouldn't be thinking that way. I think the devil wants us to think that way because it's easier to take us out. But if we've got people standing behind us and in prayer and helping us grow in our faith, that's a very, very smart way of doing it, you know. Um, and again, you know, it's just so much fun for me as a pastor to be speaking. And then yeah. everything that I'm speaking on, I've had a chance to kind of live it out for the week, week before. And my small group coming over and breaking through uh, from the spiritual stuff that was going on in our lives. That's really cool, just yeah. Really awesome. And super proud to be a part of a group of people that... Uh, they, they believe in what we teach. They believe in the word of God and they're going to put it into action. They knew what to do. I think yeah, that was a great, great illustration of, mm-hmm. of a church coming together and doing exactly what we just, uh, Steve just mentioned, you know, yep. um, Pastor Gary, we're running out of time, but, uh, what was one thing that you, uh, definitely wanted to, uh, bring out from the sermon on Sunday that, uh, we missed? Well, first of all, just thanks for, uh, Colonel Bucci being here today. Yes, it's just an you. honor to be here with you and have you, uh, and we'll give you a second here to be able to make a comment. But uh, for me, it's just uh, let's get ready to uh, look now with the next two offensive weapons and uh, the sword of the spirit and uh, praying in the spirit. And it's going to be a yeah. lot of fun. It's going to be And I'm um, looking forward to it. So please come on out and uh, check out the next couple of weekends. Is there going to be a sword that you're going to use ever? You gonna uh, I've got one, but I, maybe I'll bring it. That's, that's a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Maybe we could get a watermelon up there, and you could just kind of chop it and show us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I my uh, 
encouragement would be, remember, th- these are not options where, well, I'm going to do the, sp- the shield. I'll let somebody else do the shoes. This is a comprehensive package. Yes. The word is yeah. a panoply in Greek. Oh, I like which that. Which yeah. means a, a whole thing together. Yeah. And, and you need to understand each of these things. You need to apply them in your life, particularly in your spiritual prayer life. Uh, and if you do that, it works like a wonder. I yeah. mean, it will keep you safe spiritually. It'll keep you moving forward spiritually. And the enemy won't be able to knock you back. He will come after you yeah. one way or another. But you need to use all these four defensive pieces that Pastor Gary talked about on Sunday. Yeah. And then the, the two offensive that are coming this uh, coming week. Pay attention to all of them. If you don't understand them yet, Ask questions. Come and talk to people. I can talk to you about it historically and spiritually. Pastor Gary, Pastor Alex, you guys can talk about it. You know, uh, from the theological standpoint, but it's real and it's mm-hmm. effective, and we all need it. Amen. Well, thank you again for being uh, in studio with me, uh, Steve. I just appreciate your your insight, mm-hmm. Pastor Gary. As always, it's a pleasure. Yes. To, uh, uh, try- <laughs> I try my best to uh, throw you off task, you know. Cause every once in a while. Every once in a while. I'm I do proud my- of you, too. You're doing a great job, and thank <laughs> you. Uh, so we, are we going to have a premiere of the Critter Commander commercial next weekend? I think we should. We should. I think we should do it, and I think uh, it's going to be epic. I, I mean, I looked at the script. The beta testing on it came back great. Very a lot good. of people thought it was really good, so I'm ready for it. I think it's going to be good. It might be one. It might be... One of the most epic ones we've done so far. Yes. Like I you mean, said, we're going to actually take a whole commercial break just for that just one. Just for that one because okay. it's so good. You Ple- can't, people come yeah. on out. Oh, it's going to be Let's good. listen to this. <laughs> All right. I will tell we see you again. May God bless you and keep you safe. Talk to you later. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission. Now.